Hey guys, it's just me, Georgia, here. Welcome to Flipside Fluent. Uh, sadly, me and Gabby forgot to film an intro, but that's okay. Today's episode's going to be a really great one. We're talking about creating harmony between the genders, shifting workplace culture, and closing the gap in venture capital. So we're joined by Mark Sarian, and we hope you enjoy. Oh, good. So um, for people that don't know you, do you kind of mind giving us a bit of a rundown on who you are and what you do? Yeah, of course. Uh, my name is Mark Sarian. Uh, I'm from Sydney. Uh, at the moment, I have started a Genderland's early stage venture capital fund called SheWorks, and I'm one of the general partners. Um, I've been in the startup space for the better part of the last decade. Um, originally uh, from Sydney, studied at Macquarie, uh, you know, did finance and economics, and then uh, yeah, it's been a, a crazy journey over the last 12 years, um, but really good fun and, and looking forward to now uh, making a big difference uh, as uh, an investor and supporting the next decade worth of startups. Yeah, awesome. We're so keen to kind of get into that whole journey and I know that you started in the corporate world, so it'll be really exciting to kind of hear about how you got into the startup space. Um, but you did mention sure. SheWorks, so I know that that's like a social enterprise that focuses on diversifying the workforce. Um, so can we kind of get into what exactly you do there? Yeah, so actually there's there's a couple of SheWorks around the world. Um, so we're uh, SheWorks.io is our website mm-hmm. and um, we have launched that as an early stage VC fund. And so we're going to be investing in women entrepreneurs mainly, um, but then also startups and co-founding teams that have more women at every level of the business. Um, so it's about really tipping the scales of VC funding that has so far mostly gone to uh, male co-founding teams and majority male-driven um, uh, startups. So uh, you know, I'm sure uh, the statistic that you know, less than 3% of all VC mm-hmm. funding goes to women is, is, is the one um, that everyone's uh, been hearing of late especially so we really want to balance those scales and, and start allocating a lot more of VC capital to uh, female entrepreneurs and underrepresented founders. Mm. That's awesome. Yeah I find this so interesting because I mean in Australia I think a lot of people are kind of like well the feminist fight is almost kind of over because legally like we do have um, the same rights as men um, but it's interesting things with VC funding and like why women receive so much less that's like so kind of like limitations yeah Yeah. it's like a kind of more of a socially ingrained thing and it's like well how do you actually change that so um what do you kind of think about that like the issue that female entrepreneurs face in terms of gaining funding and things like that why is that an issue yeah it's a good question um uh, yeah I think the whole feminist movement like I uh you know I view myself as a feminist um but uh, you know, I mean, I've got a I've got a tote bag that, that says feminist on it, and, and walk around with that sometimes. Um, but it, it's you know, it's really about uh, equity, um, and so uh, it's been five years, I guess, since uh, yeah, it was just earlier this week that inspiring rare birds that was started by Joe Burston um, here in Australia was uh, yeah, it was a five year birthday. Um, and that was one of the earliest uh, times when I uh, became aware that uh, it's so much harder as a female founder or a woman entrepreneur that to, to 
get VC funding. Mm. Um, and it was through Joe's story herself and also a couple of the people on her panel back then, um, the likes of uh, Hey You, uh, Hey You's founder originally that's gone through a bunch of different iterations um, and some other uh, female founders. Uh, you know, and this is almost like pre-Tinder, pre, you know, obviously TikTok and all those uh, startups. Um, when, you know, WeWork was growing, Uber was growing. And so um, there was definitely a lot of momentum in the VC space, mm -hmm. but it was just so much harder as a female um, to get in front of investors. Now, that main issue there is uh, that there weren't as many examples and precedents of successful female founders that were in the headlines that were on the covers of magazines. Um, so I think awareness is, is one of the big issues and then access, uh, um, even asking some female entrepreneurs, you know, who some of their role models or who they want to be like, it, it's still hard for them to think of a, a name off the top of their head, even, um, people that they're inspired by uh, people that they want to emulate um so it, it, it's you know it, it's uh it's almost a shame to say that as women entrepreneurs you guys are the underdogs yeah. which um you know it, it isn't fair um and there's that unconscious bias that exists within the whole industry and the investment um uh, ecosystem um that women are just treated differently and uh, it, it, it more of a risk. And that's what the, the mental issue is. Uh, investors, especially VCs, are not calculating risk properly by downplaying the success rate of women entrepreneurs. Yeah, I completely agree, especially with the awareness aspect, because even the other week I had, had a job interview and they're asking me like who my inspirations were and I realised after I'm just listing males and I'm like trying to yeah. go through females and there are a few but not enough in comparison and not yeah. enough that really like it's like that not, we're aware of yeah that yeah. are just like I want to like be like that and like model yeah. that so it's yeah it's definitely a really important issue um mm. yeah going forward I feel like as well it's really important that young women have that kind of inspiration too because that's another way to kind of bridge that gap and, and the tipping point like you said so yeah. then we have kind of something that's not just like a male uh, role model to kind of emulate. Yeah, one hundred percent. And I think that, yeah. like you said, it's females are so capable, and it's like they should be <laughs> on pedestals. Like we should be, yeah, looking up to like so many amazing females that have done so much. Um, but in terms of correct, yeah. So they're like the main issues. But in terms of like the gap, how did you notice those issues? Because I think it's quite interesting. Um, I'm excited to go into how important it is for males to be involved, but um, it is sure. interesting that um, as a man, you believe for this to be so important and you chose this as like the issue that you want to focus your work on. Um, so how did you notice that gap in equality? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's obviously um, people look at, at me as a, as a managing partner and, and Nicholas, my uh, you know co-founder, general partner, and they're like, well, you guys are two men trying to invest in women. So how are you going to be any different to all the other previous male investors that uh, were not funding this? Um, and so I think that's the, 
uh, difference is, is we want to set the example and um, really think about it differently to how investors were, were thinking about it for the last 20 years. Um, and, you know, my big realization, there were two kind of pinnacle moments. Um, one was when I was a volunteer for World Animal Protection and it was the APAC head office in St. Leonard's here in Sydney. And the office was around 25 people and there were only three men. So it was just a interesting demographic to work in that kind of office environment where there were all different ages. Uh, and obviously because it's World Animal Protection, uh, you've got a lot of vegans, vegetarians, um, there were all sorts of uh, um, gender diversity insofar as LGBTQTI. Um, so that was really prevalent, but there were only um, yeah, three cisgender males. So there was myself, there was an Asian accountant guy and like an old admin guy. Um, but being exposed to a vast range of women, I just learned so many different um skills and uh you know my empathy increased the way i interact and work as a team uh you know improved um so i was always intrigued by okay i like being um the odd one out or operating in a space that is different to norm and then i constantly um was going to female um dominant events, whether it be Vogue Code Summit, whether it be the Mary Claire Success Summit, uh, Women's Entrepreneurship Day events, as, as I went to this week, uh, International Women's Day events. Constantly, I was, if not the only man, one of very few men um, in the room. And so I'm like, why is this the case? Um, and it's not because we're not welcome. Uh, it's just a lot of other men weren't interested. They, 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 they didn't feel like it was a space where they, they needed to be. Um, but I, in my view, it's more men need to be working with women and collaborating and going to those and listening to those conversations and be, seeing what the pain points are. And I've been doing that for five, six years now. So it, it, I was just waiting for the right time that we, that we could really make a difference. And as much as 2020 has been really intense with, with you know, the COVID-19 pandemic, um, it's been such a driver of change and a and uh, lot of industries are becoming democratised and it's levelled the playing field in a lot of um, segments, especially in the VC space. And so that's why we're so excited. Um, and then it's become, you know, so important about working with women and, and lifting women up post hashtag me to post Ruth Bader Ginsburg passing away, post Helen Reddy passing away you know, female icons um, that have done so much to remind how far we've come, but how much more we've got to go. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think now's the time. We really want to encourage more men, uh, you know, to, to do the same. Mm, mm -hmm. Definitely. I see this a lot at university because we were in quite a female-dominated course. Mm. And um, even just the men there, like, sitting at a table and talking to them. I've had a few friends that are just, like, it's really interesting going from, like, all boy high schools to like a very blokey atmosphere to coming to university where it's like you've got to do a group assignment with you could be the only guy there and, and just mm. learning to adjust to that and and the kind of like openness that a lot of women can bring and like you said a lot of empathy 
And I can see a shift even just in my friends, like going through uni from when I first met them and they didn't really know how to interact with females to now just being so comfortable and, yeah. and a lot more like calm and present with women, which is great. Um, how do you think the best way to get more men on onboarding and care about it would be? Like yeah, well, that's really great to hear because it needs to happen as early as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, so the fact that it's happening at a university level, you're right. Sometimes that's the first um, opportunity that, that uh, you know, as students, you get exposed to, to working collaboratively with uh, uh, the opposite gender. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and if you go to a single sex school, then, yeah, it's difficult throughout primary and high school. Mm-hmm. I went to a co-ed school, but it had an interesting mix where we were um, gradually uh, working more with uh, the girls' classes. Uh, mm-hmm. We'd start off doing, you know, primary, uh, a lot of our four classes would be just boys and then mm-hmm. some electives would be with girls and recess and lunch we'd play together. But it was... Um, yeah, there was still a bit of uh, segregation. Um, so that was a smooth kind of um, yeah. uh, approach to it, uh, which was which was good. But again, mm. you're right, at university, um, it's a bit of a, a, you know, it's a gender shock. It's yeah. like, oh, well, you know, women think differently. Like, how can we, uh, you know, work together and you can't make any rude jokes and, yeah. and things like that, which, which a lot of men, uh, you know, it, it, you can see it throughout, you know, the entire business uh, landscape, no matter how old people get, is mm. is they uh, turn more towards their cliques and, mm. and um, their groups. And so it just needs to be about constantly having diverse. Mm. Um, and, you know, that's why it's great to see a lot of companies now looking at diversity, equity, inclusion mm. as being huge mandates. You know, Microsoft have a chief diversity officer along with a lot of other, um, you know, large tech companies that are looking at it um, from the top. The, the leadership is super important, but then also needs to be an imperative for, you know, young people and for the bottom of the hierarchy, right? whether it be graduates, interns, um, there needs to be that demand and, and, mm-hmm. and you need to, you know, make it known um, that you want to be working with, uh, you know, both men, women, uh, you know, gender fluid, trans, whatever it may be, um, uh, minority ethnicities, uh, uh, just to increase that diversity. Um, and so I think, yeah, that's, that's the most important. Uh, young, the young generation need to help up the trend by just being more vocal and engaging uh, and demanding that they want more diversity on all fronts. Definitely. I mean, for me, going to an all-girls high school and you're constantly told, like, women can do everything, women can do everything, the movement's happening, and then you leave and you go to uni in the workforce and then suddenly you're interacting with all these men and you get really shocked because you're like, hang on, I thought I could do anything. Why am I being restricted right now? Or like, why is this yeah. comment being made? Like, su- really subtle things that just go against all the things that were pushed it at you as a child. And mm. it, it's really interesting navigating that and, like, kind of also having empathy for some people that, don't really see women for what they are and it's like there's a lot more to a woman than just like a beautiful face or or a great mum like there's so much more intellect and deep meaning behind a lot of women so yeah it's really interesting navigating it and just yeah trying to be understood for what you are definitely yeah I think that it's just so important and in terms of 
You, you mentioned before that there needs to be more of an awareness on um, female entrepreneurs and people that have achieved amazing stuff or women that have achieved amazing stuff specifically. Um, do you, who are like the females in your mind that stick out as people that we should be looking up to and people that young men and women should be looking up to? Yeah, this is something that's super, you know, important um, to me. And it's been some of the inspiration that's led me to this point. Um, you know, I distinctly remember being in Bangkok uh, back in 2013 and reading an article um, in the local uh, like English newspaper in Thailand um, that was about Tori Birch, who's a New York fashion designer designer a namesake brand um, she started uh, 18 years ago now um, but it was having huge growth uh, you know during that period especially across Asia uh, and it was just a phenomenal story she you know wasn't coming from an entrepreneurial family per se uh, a lot of people were like no how can you think you're going to be able to carve out this mid-market niche um, of affordable uh, you know luxury uh, with a bohemian kind of spin, which was her, um, uh, you know, main kind of offering, uh, especially in the middle of New York City and Manhattan, where like the sky high rents. So it was uh, people just wouldn't back her or believe her, but then she managed to, uh, you know, convince some investors that, that took a risk, and and then you know now she is you know all over the world, and from the get go set up the Tory Birch Foundation which was about encouraging other women entrepreneurs, both financially and, uh, you know, through, uh, you know, classes and teaching and workshops and, and advocacy. So um, she wanted to have that foundation from the get-go. Um, she wanted a business for purpose, which I think is so important. And, you know, you can see the likes of Salesforce as well, you know, that have these strong foundations, but also uh, are making sure that everything, you know, both on a commercial but also a social front is is addressed you know salesforce also um own time magazine and so it was the first time ever on the cover of time magazine it didn't say time t-i-m-e it said vote v-o-t-e right so um it, it's those kinds of messaging um that is going to drive the awareness mm. so tori Birch probably one of the first you know role models um, that uh, I had both as an example of a successful woman entrepreneur, but also doing great work, um, uh, you know, on all fronts. And, and it's because I was spending a lot of time working with fashion uh, brands and designers to help grow their businesses across um, Asia Pacific. Um, and it was such a journey trying to get Tori to open up a store in Australia. Uh, I think I pitched to her for four or five years. Uh, and then, uh, <laughs> You know, she only came to Australia, I think, two years ago now. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, other other amazing women, the role models are people like Princess Margaret, who I'm sure a lot of people also uh, would view as, as uh, you know, being um, such an amazing woman. But, uh, you know, going from Tasmania to learning fluent Danish uh, to becoming a princess in a period of, like, less than two years, and now, uh, you know, the... The Princess Margaret Foundation is mm. is just so um, uh, you know wonderful and doing great work. Um, other ones in the fashion space, especially Lauren Santo Domingo, who I think still is the single 
female founder who has raised the most amount of VC funding uh, in a mm. in a fundraising round um, uh, for Modus Operandi, her uh, multi-brand um, fashion store. Mm. Uh, Jessica Alba, obviously from the Honest Company, is 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 doing um, really well. Uh, these are obviously quite you know famous women and have a lot of celebrity around them, mm. but it shouldn't stop there. Like you shouldn't. And just look at celebrities as as role models um so other women you know ronnie khan who's the founder of oz harvest she's an amazing woman who uh, you know like usually drives me to tears uh you know whatever she's doing i went to a film launch um that was about how oz harvest started and grew in the uk and south africa as well as australia you know that had me in tears uh you know her book recently launched a repurposed life she put up a youtube clip of her name naked self, like rubbing makeup off her face and talking about, um, uh, you know, her life and, and launching this book. It was just, uh, you know, mm-hmm. such inspirational stuff. You know, Jane Tewson, who who's an amazing woman who started Igniting Change in Melbourne. Uh, Bruna Papandria, one of the best producers and, and uh, you know, film uh, women who, who's Australian. And I met her at the Adelaide Film Festival mm-hmm. and, and she's in Sydney now. And, you know, they launched Undoing. Nicole's mm-hmm. is in town with her kids, like, you know, these are such amazing women um, as well who may not be celebrity, but if you really look and do your research and network, you'll come mm-hmm. across them. Um, yeah. So I think that's what it's really about. Don't just stop at celebrity. You need to have both current role models who you've been exposed to, um, people that you are inspired by and, and maybe one day would like to meet or sit on a plane next to or whatever it might be. Uh, and then obviously historically, you know, women like Rebecca Ginsburg and, and Coco Chanel and Estee Lauder mm-hmm. and, and Mary Curie. Um, yeah. So, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I really do think, and we always talk about this, like there's so many more, just more and more inspiring women. And I think we're in an age suddenly where we're going through uni and in, entering the workforce. And even just in my classes, I just can see a girl talk or something like that. And I'm like, you are so intelligent. And I just can't wait for that next wave of just like great, confident women to enter and just really just start showing the world just more equality and that diversity and just showing that there should be more women because we add a lot of value yeah. to the workforce. Definitely. And I, I mean, you've obviously um, been able to work with some really amazing women who are doing mm-hmm. awesome stuff. What would your advice be to... Um, younger females kind of wanting to break up into the startup space, the business world. Do you have any like advice? Yeah, yeah I think, yeah. you know, yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> uh, it's, I'm so glad you mentioned that, you know, you can, you can see a wave uh, mm. uh, of, of mm. women and, um, you know, young women like yourselves who, who are coming through university because um, that's what it needs. It needs to be, a surging movement right mm-hmm. and a wave is a great uh, way to describe it because um, it needs to reach a critical mass and mm-hmm. i think we're almost there um you know mm-hmm. within with and that's why we want to make um, 30 investments uh next year um in you know women entrepreneurs and, and startups that are majority women is to to really get in now um mm-hmm. Because it might be too late in in five years, uh, mm-hmm. in so far as the the if it doesn't happen now, the momentum I could agree. drop off. I agree. Um, so, yeah, I think it's 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 an opportune time, mm-hmm. but also a necessary time. 
Mm. Um, and so, yeah, in so far as my advice, I love, you know, the, the hashtag women supporting women movement recently mm-hmm. was so great. And it just also sheds light on uh, the amazing ecosystems and networks like Business Chicks that, that Emma Isaac started years ago. Um, you know, she's in the US now and that's growing really well. I uh, like, you know, Inspiring Rare Birds that Joe started. You know, every magazine that's still around, whether it be Vogue, whether it be Elle magazine, whether it be, you know, every jewelry branding. Cartier has an amazing women's initiative. There's just so much momentum um, of showcasing uh, female talent and, and, you know, entrepreneurial spirit. Um, so it's about really putting yourself out, out there and not having any excuses, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we really want to encourage, uh, you know, parents, young parents. We want you to have a family. We want you to raise kids, even have kids as a founder when you're fundraising. Like it's, you know, there's a great podcast by, uh, you know, a great VC out of the US who um, is, is one of my inspirations as well, Alexis Ohanian. Um, and he was a founder of Reddit and, and then uh, had an angel fund called Initialized Capital, which, which is quite a, su- a successful VC fund now. And he's started another one called 667 Ventures. And, you know, they, he, Alexis has a podcast that he started this year as well called mm-hmm. Business Dad. And it's about how it is for, you know, successful men um, mm-hmm. being a parent and, and raising a small child as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and figuring out that I should spend time with my child, and and typically these are you know quite successful uh, you know dads who have the resources and and funds behind them, so you know they could hire a, a, a fleet of nannies and and help <laughs> and and you know just sit in the office and work twenty four seven if they wanted. But it's about realizing no no we shouldn't be doing that. We should uh, allocate our time really efficiently to be all in whether it be family or whether it be work um and so that is also a learning um Mm -hmm. that uh men have to do um but also as entrepreneurs and founders have to realize that it's not startup versus family Mm -hmm. it's not a sacrifice it's not one or the other because you know one of the key um you know, fundamental ideas of, of what's in our investment thesis is that children are the ultimate startup. Mm-hmm. You know, raising a child uh, or creating a child, a human, is, is a phenomenal thing. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there's so many things that uh, are in line with, with starting a business. So mm-hmm. we want to show how they complement each other and being a parent of a young child is... Is actually going to make you a better human, a better person, and a better leader, as well as a, a, a more successful entrepreneur. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, really pushing that notion of like a holistic lifestyle. Not everything is work, um, but you can yeah have balance and do amazing things. That's so cool. Um, you mentioned a bit before that there was a goal of investing in thirty female-run companies next year. Is that? I hear that correctly. That's awesome. Yeah, correct. So we've got seven um, themes that we're going to invest across, uh, being um, work, travel, food, energy, education, retail, and media mm-hmm. and arts. And so we want to make an investment in every theme or 
vertical uh, per quarter. Um, so yeah, seven times four, um, so 28. Um, and there might be a couple we sneak in at the end of this year uh, before Christmas. Um, so I think, uh, yeah, if everything, if everything goes to plan, um, uh, we'll get, we'll get a couple in this year. And then, um, so we'll have up to 30 investments that we make, uh, by the end of 2021. Wow. That's great. Mm. I mean, even just jumping back to your last point about families, I think COVID has been a great example of just really shaking things up and people having to like work Mm. in one household and, and do everything together and. And I think it's really helped some people really align back to their family and just like I know my family spends way more time together now. We play board games and it's just really nice having that strong unit. And it definitely is like it just builds you so much up as a person. And it's like I think a lot of people need to realize that while working hard's great. It's really good to have people that can that can kind of just be your rocks and help you with that and have emotional support and have people around. Like you can't do everything by yourself, no matter how great and time managed managed you are so mm-hmm. yeah i love that i love that that that's becoming more more important and more of a focus instead of just like the hustle and grind and grind and yeah. make money to mm. buy a nice home it's like you know com- combine it and make yeah. it a nice unit yeah live holistically enjoy mm-hmm. yeah definitely yeah i've loved so much chatting about what you're doing in terms of work but i'd be so interested to know um kind of about how you got to where you are so i know i think you started at deloitte um, so in the corporate world and then into entrepreneurship. So why why the move from corporate to um, the entrepreneurial space? Yeah, well, good question. It's, uh, um, yeah, I, my first internship when I was, uh, you know, a summer intern at Deloitte um, was my first gig um, as I was studying at Macquarie Uni doing finance and economics. And it was always something that, you know, I viewed, oh, I want to be an investment banker or, or you know, work in finance and hence studying that. Um, but I, you know, soon came to realize um, that it's really not just about having a job title or about having a high-paying salary. That it's so much more important to be surrounded by a culture that fits with both your values, uh, but then also is going to bring out the best work in you. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I, I did a, a year at General Electric as well in their financial management program. Um, uh, you know, post university, uh, it, it was a great opportunity, great role. You know, on paper, um, I I got a lot of great experience out of it, but it was something that I, I quickly realized that I didn't want to continue doing, um, as it wasn't a path that I, I was really excited about. You know, doing corporate audit stuff after that rotational program, to to you know being a small fish in a huge pond, um, and I guess it was a um, had I been in the US at that time, you know, this was just post GFC, uh, you know, I was like, oh my gosh, am I going to be a trader? Like, look what they did to the markets. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was in Australia. Had I done the uh, inter- uh, like the grad program with GE in the US, could have been a different story. Had I studied in, uh, you know, Stanford or Harvard in the US during the GFC, uh, you know, I, I, I could have been buddies with, with Ed Saverin mm-hmm. or, or, uh, you know, the Vinkovos twins or some, right? Like, so it's just, it, it is definitely uh, important about your environment and who you surround yourself with um, at any given time that is going to bring out a, and have a huge influence on the direction your life will take. 
Um, so that's why I used to travel so much. You know, post that, I, I quit GE, I traveled around the world, I booked a 47-day um, world trip. Um, and it was, yeah, just amazing to, to see um, such diversity. Uh, you know, I, I love novelty, right? I, I, I love experiencing new things and, and, and I'm happy doing those things myself. So this was a solo trip. Um, I, I'd started my first consulting business uh, called the BizWiz uh, and, and I landed a client, which was a vodka brand from, from Melbourne. Um, uh, 666 pure vodka you know i met dean at uh the melbourne cup and he was having an after party at his club uh and his vodka was everywhere it was like <laughs> sauce and it's from tasmania from bernie uh you know which is cape grim uh water and, and uh, you know, senator uh, jackie lambie is from bernie there's a there's an awesome live venue called the butter factory and so i you know i went there and really got inspired by everything and um got excited to help interesting brands uh, you know, grow strategically around the world. And so that was how I started more in, in uh, you know, consulting and, and then, you know, through 2012, 2013, uh, you know, Instagram was growing and there was just a huge tech, uh, uh, you know, uprising and, and, and startups that were, uh, you know, growing rapidly. Uh, and I, I wanted to, you know, meet these these people and, and, and get involved, um, but not necessarily, you know, get hired by them. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was about growing the network and, and, and meeting the people and being involved in the ecosystem, which is something I still do. And because I started then, uh, you know, I do have such a great network and, and, you know, Babylon was what we, pivoted the uh, BizWiz into as a consulting firm and, and then having the lifestyle niche working with fashion brands and, and boutique hoteliers. I was just like so passionate about the, those creatives and you know, startups playing in that space. And the whole mantra is make time, make relationships, make things happen. And it's still something I, I do now, both you know in, in my uh, commercial life, but also my personal life. So now as well, I would probably argue out of the you know four thousand odd connections I have on LinkedIn, I would say more than half are women. So uh, awesome. you know, it, awesome. it's it's because I, I make a concerted effort into mm-hmm. you know also you know networking um, mm-hmm. at, at both female events, but also listening. I think is more mm-hmm. important than than talking because sometimes you know. A lot of men a feel intimidated and b assume that if they uh you know reach out um to a female professionally it might seem predatory or yeah. uh, you know some kind of advance uh, that's untoward mm-hmm. um i think we really need to yeah, get over that hesitation and and myth um and, and just communicate and collaborate better yeah exactly I'd be interested to know what the response from women was when you started kind of actively making a conscious effort to just mm-hmm. really try and empower women. Was that very accepted? Or was there anybody who was like, we don't need you? Or Yeah, look, it, it, it's, it's interesting because, uh, yeah, you, you get the whole gamut. Like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, before when I said that, you know, I, I view myself as a feminist, you know, there are uh, people that go, no, you can't be a feminist, you're not female. <laughs> um, you know, people at the you know, international women's day events will be like oh are you are you like one of the staff here or are you someone's <laughs> husband um 
And so you do get that kind of surprise. Um, I think that'll change as hopefully more men, uh, you know, put themselves in those situations and it, it becomes more of the norm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there is, there is always a bit of skepticism. But mm-hmm. on the whole, it's not much antagonism, which, which is, I think, testament to the fact that women are just better at being more empathetic and inclusive. <laughs> um, and so it's just on the whole, especially this year as we've been growing this, um, it, it's, we, 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 you know, people are just so supportive mm-hmm. and, and glad, you know, um, that, that, that there's a man. I'm on a Zoom call, there is 150 women mm-hmm. and there's this little old me with a beard. Uh, mm-hmm. And people are like, oh my gosh, there's a guy here. That's so great. Thank you for being here and all that. So, uh, you know, that is just really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, encourages me that I am on the right track. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's always going to be people that, that uh, are going to you know talk negatively or yeah. or view what you're doing with skepticism. Mm-hmm. And um, but as long as I've found you know in big corporate, if that kind of scenario occurs, they well, they will cut you down really quickly, right? Yeah. And it's that tall poppy syndrome which we're, we're so um, mm. jarred with in this country. Mm. Um, it's something that. Obviously, founders, both men and women, you know, need to have a lot of grit and resilience. There's always going to be people saying no. You're going to pitch to investors, to customers, and you're going to get no's. You need to be okay with that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of power in no, and there's a great book by Jason Altucher called that, Power of No. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's, it's about not being discouraged or disheartened um, or thinking you're doing the wrong thing. Because who is to say whether what you are doing is right or wrong? Right? One of my kind of, uh, uh, you know, the, the biggest you know, rule that I uh, look at, um, and it's kind of in jest, but at the same time not, is as long as no one dies, right? <laughs> to just do whatever it takes. <laughs> <laughs> as long as no one dies then we're good right like you know you can come back from anything um, so that goes to then I think just my risk profile mm-hmm. obviously as VCs you're going to have a pretty high risk appetite yeah. um, and so we also like founders that are going to take risks mm-hmm. um, and you know, I don't want to generalize whether uh, there's particular, uh, you know, genders, ethnicities, uh, demographics that may take more risks, mm-hmm. but it's an individual message, right? Mm-hmm. When we have a meeting, we look and, uh, and we listen and we see um, what um, we decipher to be someone's, uh, you know, appetite for, for taking risks. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then we make a judgment call. Yeah. I agree. I think like it's amazing even you saying you're on the big Zoom call being the only man. I think mm-hmm. it's kind of like the first step because I always say like being a female is the biggest community that I'm a part of because I do feel yeah. like there's just yeah. such a big networking connection just from being just a woman. But you definitely just you need men to be on the same page. Otherwise, it doesn't work because you're yeah. kind of thinking this way and they're still a bit confused. So it's just like, yeah, you need that balance. People just really need to work together across genders and cultures. Mm. yeah exactly right we we all live on the one planet and and i hate the cliche like 
I love busting cliches, right? <laughs> so, you know, the, the, the cliche that, ah, oh, uh, you know, women are from Venus and men are from Mars. Bullshit. <laughs> We're all from Earth. Like, it's, uh, uh, you know, it's same thing with, with uh, don't go into business with, with, you know, friends or family. Mm. It's like, well, who do you want me to go into business <laughs> with? My enemies or people I hate, right? Like, uh, and so that's why when we, when we launched, like, Babylon Ventures as a, um, you know, as a uh, entity and, and, you know, it'll be a, a, a later stage fund that we grow um, mm-hmm. um, yeah, after a couple of years. Uh, it was, we invest in our friends, so come be our friend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. that it's, yeah, it's even like when you look at the, like, kind of inherent qualities of male and female and what people would generically just kind of diversify each quality into. I was talking to my boyfriend about this and I was like, to be honest, all the female qualities are amazing and so are the male ones. Be, if, if, even if it's a blanket thing, I think we can learn yeah. from each. And I think some people hold each qualities and you develop them as you go through and interact with different genders. And mm. I was reading all the female ones and I was like, everything's about being so soft and kind and sweet. But I was like, if you actually look at what a woman goes through and all, all the different minor struggles and comments and trying to break into the workforce and mm. juggle thinking about having kids and all that, I was like, they're missing the word strong on there or like <laughs> resilient or something like that. Yeah. Everything's about compassion. Mm. And I'm like, hang on, we also <laughs> do a lot of like tough work too. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's just taking on, I think each genders have great qualities and mm. when you combine just a, a dominant man who's very much like go 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 with an empathetic woman who's like let's bring this down and make it calm you have this perfect balance and yeah. i think that's what more people need to realize is you need to blend the two together mm. absolutely and it's not just about balance i think it's, it's about about harmony and, and yeah. synergy as well right it's exactly. like you know when you're when you combine those forces and powers and mm. skills then it just creates a bigger whole right so it's not one plus one equals two it's it's one plus one equals three right you get you get this um you know added bonus which uh you know it it almost seems exponential right if you do it at a a, on a ground scale um and that's that's what it's about right that's that's what you know high growth is um you know the ultimate goal right so then why uh are i supposed diversified investors Mm -hmm. you know ignoring that huge gap um of uh you know investing across both women you know black asian minority ethnicities you know it's 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 slowly you know becoming more common to see uh you know and, and again you know whether it be salesforce or microsoft or uh um even Snowflake now that IPO, you know, they've got a great diversity council and they're making it, um, you know, top policy to, to allocate X amount to black, uh, you know, founders. Um, you know, Dell have done a great women's network uh, to, to support women entrepreneurs. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's changing and we really want to, uh, you know, support it by that yeah. way. Yeah. I get so excited to see the Same. other side. I feel mm. like we'd like coming up to it and it's yeah. like, I just want to see what the other side of the finish line looks like and how Definitely. the world will look as well and how just the whole globalization of each nation and just how things will kind of shift will be yeah. really interesting. Definitely. Mm. I think it's so cool to see how much like innovation has already taken place in the world. Mm. And I'm like, imagine when like everyone's empowered and when everyone's like working at their full potential and lifting others up. We're superhumans. Up. <laughs> Literally. 
<laughs> game changer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Awesome. Before we start heading in the direction of wrapping up, I want to say, well, firstly, thank you so much. It's yeah. been such an awesome chat, really encouraging. Um, and we both like love the work yeah, you course. do. Yeah. Um, what's coming up from here? Like, what, what are the goals of the future? Um, what are exciting things happening? Yeah, so we're, we're going to um, obviously uh, work with more um, you know, women entrepreneurs and founders and, and so excited for that journey. Um, to get in at this early stage because we want to focus on pre-series A, so especially um, you know, pre-seed and C, uh, and then see uh, you know how they grow over the next uh, you know five to ten years. Um, so you know we're really thinking about the long-term future though. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we are developing our 2045 outlook, so it's about having that 25-year time horizon, um, mm-hmm. and. With that, I think, you know, as you say, it, it's going to be so exciting to see what the world is going to be uh, like um, uh, then. Um, you know, typically a lot of funds think about a 10-year uh, horizon. Um, but I think it's, you know, and as, as this year, as 2020 has been an example, you know, it, it's just as hard to forecast what's going to happen next year uh, as it is to forecast what's going to happen in 25 years. Um, so, you know, we're really wanting to make bets now that are going to also be in line with how we want our future to look. And then that goes back to, you know, thinking about impact investments. Mm-hmm. Um, again, it's a bit of a myth there that, you know, impact investing is about, uh, you know, something with a social good or, uh, you know, to do with the environment or something perhaps. But yeah, I, I'd argue that, that all investments, you know, have some kind of impact. Mm-hmm. And calculating that impact, whether it's positive or negative or somewhere in between, uh, you know, isn't um, obvious until, you know, it happens, right? So in retrospect. So um, I think driving um, investment uh, towards aligning that with purpose Again, to how Tori launched her brand and foundation in the early mm-hmm. days, business for purpose. Uh, you know, Patagonia is one of the great mm-hmm. examples. You know, Yvonne Chouinard started that company, and it's just been uh, you know, so interesting. Even uh, you know, Paul Pullman, um, you know, Procter and Gamble. Uh, you know, he's he's moving on doing great things now as well after making such a difference. Um, you know, sustainability obviously has a lot. Activism. Um, is an interesting component, and and so you get activist investors, which is a, a you know another kind of uh, niche. But I think you know having at the core uh, wanting to make a positive impact, uh, investing in businesses that align with your purpose and values, I think is 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 what's most important. So we want to do that how we're exactly going to do that it's a learning exercise for us as well it's a first time fund uh, you know we're really leveraging our network to get limited partners and investors into the fund that are also aligned with our thinking we're going to be very contrarian right mm-hmm. seemingly investing in women is a contrarian uh, uh you know exercise if only three percent of funding so far has been going uh to women entrepreneurs mm-hmm. so uh yeah we're going to ride that uh, um 
and, and really be the cheerleaders. Mm. Um, and that's why on my LinkedIn uh, headline, I, you know, I've, I've written <laughs> vice cheerleader because that's what I want VC mm. to me, not venture capital. That's so dirty, like, um, mm. and, and it's been just bastardized over the last couple of decades. Mm. Of, uh, you know, old white men from Silicon Valley. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, very true. It's awesome. I think, yeah, it's so cool um, what you're doing. We're so encouraged by it. And it's so awesome to see. Um, mm-hmm. But there are people out there really working um, for social good. So it's awesome. Yeah, I just think you're yeah. really not even ahead of the curve, but on the curve. Like this is what more people should recognize mm. needs to happen. And it's happening. And it's yeah. like, don't miss out on this big opportunity. Because like you said, it could, it could go one way or the other. And I just mm. think there's this big momentum coming. So it's either like all us women are either going to come as a big wave (laughs) tsunami or people can start getting involved and, and yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, No, thank you. That was so great to speak to you girls. And uh, I'm glad that you, you're excited by it. Uh, You know, Mm -hmm. you are going to be the future, right? In 25 years, you're going to be the heads of of startups and companies and, and, you know, governments or whatever it may be. Uh, so we're really doing it for, for you know, the next era. Um, you know, I don't want to say we're, we, we're looking, you know, for the next Uber or Facebook or Instagram or whatever mm. it may be. No, we're looking for, yeah, it's a whole different world now post-COVID, yeah. right? Mm. So, um, yeah, there'll be some similar similarities to, to, mm. know, to, to what happened in the past. Obviously, yeah. Yeah, companies like, you know, Amazon and uh you know, Microsoft and Uber are still going to be around probably in, in, in 10, 20 years. Uh, but it's going to be great to see what the next wave of interesting new companies yeah. are going to be. I know, I so think. let's have this chat again in uh, 2045. Yeah. yeah. And, um, <laughs> Discuss. It'll be, it'll be so. Remember that time we talked in, in, during COVID? <laughs> would happen <laughs> yeah, yeah. oh we were so off the mark which could yeah. all be the case. But that's the thing. Yeah, it's, it's about it's about manifesting the future right yeah. we're the ones who are going to make the future so let's not leave it to um you know the the incumbents or or yeah. you know whoever is supposedly uh controlling the world yeah. um, that's why i like with the whole u.s election it's like don't let that distract you yeah you work yeah. on on your yeah sphere of influence right mm, um and and you know i like to think my sphere is a little larger um mm. because of you know the network and and, and travel uh, mm. and impact that, that i've been exposed to to want to achieve um so it's up to you i think mm-hmm. each and every one of us to determine how we want to play um yeah. and if if people want to play really really big and then need that support of funding and mm-hmm. investors and gatekeepers and uh you know role models and advisors mm-hmm. then we'll come aboard that journey and cheer you on yeah so yeah so good to hear yeah Yeah, that was so great love the work you do it's so cool it's awesome no thank you no it was really cool to to, you know speak about it with you guys as Mm -hmm. well and and thank you for um yeah yeah, recording it